0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DW Void Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in for another weekend version of the Legally Still Show. I'm your host, S.E. Day. And again, coming to you live from the beautiful and hot Tampa, Florida, where again, promoting our beaches. Come on out. There's no oil on our beaches, and we'd love to have your tourism dollars here in Tampa. Uh, to wrap up your end of the summer, just before school starts, um, again as I always say, we have a really, really great show for you today. Those of you, those of you that that tuned in um, last week to listen to the first half of the Legally Steal show and the being able to uh, beware of the front end of the deal, this is the second half. However, I decided to alter the show a little bit because the responses that we've been getting have been really, really helpful in promoting the show, and apparently the word is getting out, so people are really, really interested in in the topic of buying vehicles. Uh, Of course, I think I've I've quoted to you before that all of the big three automakers, including Toyota and Hyundai, uh, are reporting profits because the market is changing, so people are buying cars. And pretty much the Legally steel show has been geared towards giving you the information of how to negotiate your car deal on, the, on new cars. However, on today's show, I want to switch it up a little bit and want to talk about the used car market and what's been going on. Before I do that, of course, it's been a great week um got a chance to write a piece, write an article for the Nationwide Insurance. They have their own magazine, uh My Nationwide Magazine, and I'll be featured in that next month with a piece that I did um that goes out to well over a million uh, a million of Nationwide customers, seven figures. So it's pretty high, that was pretty awesome. Um, several uh, radio show interviews this week. Again, great, great, great. So the word is really getting out, and people are really um, getting enthused, and they're really enthusiastic about this topic, because whether you are a a novice, um, college-educated, professional, it really doesn't matter. Uh, This topic crosses all socioeconomic lines uh, as well as educational lines because, again, unless you practice this, practice buying cars on a daily basis, then this is not your area of expertise, and everybody wants to learn a little something that can save them a lot of money. Um, But today's show, again, we're going to continue to talk about the front half of the car deal before you actually go in and actually get to the second half, which is beware of the back end of the deal. Um, it's also going to be a two-part segment, and that's coming up not next Saturday, but the Saturday, the Saturday following. Uh, next Saturday I decided to alter the show again and uh, do the show solely on credit. Credit is the, credit is the top issue that the, uh, of the questions that we've been getting for the show, so people definitely want to know. Of course, I have to um, give out the call-in number. Um, get your pens, and if you're not listening to us live now on Facebook or on BlogTalkRadio.com, the Legally Steal Show, uh, you can uh, you can call in, and the uh, call-in number is—I should know it by now. I do this every week. But it's three four seven area code three four seven six three seven one zero zero eight. Again, that's area code three four seven six three seven one zero zero eight. And for you, for those of you who are afraid to call in and let me hear your voice, that's fine. You can always do what you've been doing, and that's email your questions or your comments or concerns to the show at legallysteal.info. Again, that's the show at legallysteal.info. i uh, love to hear from you, uh, definitely, and want to take your questions live on the air and get you those answers uh, so we can really, really move forward. Um, looking forward to a another great week um, as far as the show is concerned, and for those of you who have been listening to the show uh, later, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Last week's show has gotten over 300 listens so far, so it's picking up, and people are really getting interested in it, and we want you to tune in. Of course, again, pass this on to your friends, families, anybody that has the Internet, tell them to tune in Saturdays, 2 o'clock Eastern Time, to listen to the Legally Steal show. Um, One thing I want to touch upon, I got a question last week, and it, it was interesting because, as I told you, in a previous life, I used to do vehicle negotiations for the client, and the question was a bit thought-provoking, and I, I, I had to think about it before I actually gave an answer, but it's, can I negotiate the purchase price on a popular model? And that calls for a bit of thought. Um as I've been saying, everything is negotiable, regardless of what it is. You can negotiate it. Well, I remember, I remember in Atlanta years ago when I had a client who was uh, getting ready to buy a Land Rover. And what I found out was, of course, every vehicle, every thing is negotiable. Every vehicle is negotiable. But I went to this dealership, and it happened to be owned. Um, by a company that owned all of the Land Rover dealerships in Atlanta. So because they had the market cornered, they didn't have to negotiate. But, you know, and and it was up to my client if they wanted to go outside of the area, outside of the region to buy the vehicle. But that was the only case, uh, one more case, that, you know, most dealers don't negotiate the popular models, prices on the popular models. Um, if you have a vehicle that's brand new on the market, I mean, I mean, just came out, then most times if that vehicle has gotten a lot of press, it's really popular, then dealers won't negotiate the price on it because they can normally sell sell the car for higher than the actual MSRP. And I was a case when years ago when I was working at the Dodge store, the Dodge Viper came. I was a brand-new model brand new to the to the uh car line, and the car had a fifty two thousand dollar price tag on it. but the first model that we had at our store sold for a hundred and fifty thousand dollars just because the popular demand there were very few of them on the on the market. I think they only made three thousand that year, and those that came out they could actually get top dollar for so very few cases of a situation where you can't negotiate the price of the car, and you have to look out for those. So if you go to a dealership and you find out that this model that you want is owned by, you know, carried by a certain dealer, and if that dealer owns all of the stores that sell that that model of vehicle, then you may have some difficulty in negotiating. But remember, the money is yours. You are the end state, so you can always go – outside of your area and order your car, Um, which brings me to a point of going outside of your area. There was a story in the news this week of um, car dealers' online uh, scams, and what was happening was someone had actually come in and stolen this car dealer's identity, talking about identity theft. This is where you really have to be careful. You're not worried about your dollars out of, you know, someone stealing your identity, but it's stealing the identity of a car dealer. And uh, people online as they were trying to buy their vehicles, they would contact this dealer cuz they, you know, they had set up a telephone number and when you called the dealer, you could look at the models online. They had actually taken basically took a template of the of the dealership's website, created another website use the same model vehicles on that lot, and change the price of them. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, of course, if the price is too good to be true, then it normally is. Well, what they did was they would they put up a telephone number, and people would call that number to inquire about a certain car that they had seen on the Internet. And the scammers would actually do up what they would call you know, their buyer's order or dealer packet, and have the individuals send a down payment. And people were sending up to $2,500 down payments towards that car to have it shipped to them and come to find out it was a scam. And, of course, the actual dealership got several calls, but there was nothing they could do. Uh, it was not theirs. Uh, they had turned it over to the um, FCC Uh, nothing they could do because these people only come in and they will set up this scam for about two weeks, get enough money, and then they're gone. So you have to be careful when you're buying. Um, Try to do as much research as you can. And, of course, with me, I I really prefer going into the dealership one-on-one. Most people don't, and I understand that, but I prefer one-on-one. I like touching what I'm going to buy. I like test driving what I'm going to buy, smelling it and feeling it, before I actually take it home. So you have to be careful on things like this. Um, this, is, this is a good time of the year for people to buy cars, but we want to talk about on this show the used car market. And I'm going to tell you some of the questions, and then I'm going to go into ideas of the used car market and how you can save yourself literally thousands of dollars over what you would pay for on a new car uh, for nearly the same model. Um, Another question is, would I buy, do I prefer buying new versus pre-owned? Well, I'm a big fan of buying a vehicle a year or two older than the current year model. And the reason being is as soon as you buy the car, uh, take delivery of it, That's important. You can buy the car. You don't own it yet until you actually possess it. So when you take delivery of of the vehicle and you drive it over the curb, your vehicle depreciates up to 20% immediately. Now, I don't know about you, but that's like going down the road and for every $100 you have in your pocket, you take $20 and throw it out of the window. You throw it away as soon as you buy the car. Now, that's a big problem. But let me tell you the theory, or the concept behind this, and why the car depreciates so much. In every state, your car has to be titled, Um, titled to you now as the new owner, and that's individual or business. But what happens is once the car is titled, it's considered a used vehicle. So let's say you buy the car today, and you get home, and let's say your husband doesn't like it, or your wife doesn't like it, and you decide to take it back to the dealership, mind you, you've done all the paperwork, the deal was approved, it's your car. Well, if you take that vehicle back tomorrow, they're going to call the used car manager and come out, and the used car manager is going to go around your vehicle and do an assessment on it. He's going to look into the black book. Remember, that's the book that takes all of the value away from the car, any sentimental value you may have as a consumer. He's going to look at the black book, and then he's going to come back and give you a price. That price is normally going to be up to 20% lower than what you just paid for the vehicle. So it's because of the titling process, and once it's titled, it's considered a used vehicle, so you can't um, sell that car again as as new because the title has already been created. So I suggest buying a pre-owned vehicle because you'll be throwing away money in that sense. And in most pre-owned vehicles, the manufacturer's warranty will still transfer to the new owner um, on the pre-owned vehicle. So, unless, I mean, if you still have the miles on it, in most standard uh, manufacturer's warranty. Now, of course, your powertrain, that's the engine and transmission. That's going to transfer anyway up to the original time frame on the, on the warranty but the balance of the bumper-to-bumper warranty will transfer to the new owner as well. So you can save yourself thousands of dollars if you buy a pre-owned, which this leads us into uh, the used car market. Um, Another question I had, and we're going to go back, but another question I had was, well, if I have $15,000 cash, what is a good rule? of how much money I should put down on a car. I don't want to put the entire $15,000 cash on the car, but I want to put some money down. My credit is good. I can get financed for the car, so that's not a problem. Well, the industry standard is for down payment is between 20 and 25% of the negotiated price of the vehicle. Remember I said negotiated price of the vehicle. So you have to negotiate uh, to find out what amount you need to put down. But another interesting thing that, most people don't know, is for every $1,000 that you use as a down payment above the industry standard, you can actually buy down your interest rate by a half of a point. Now, here's the significant value of this. Well, one, if you don't ask for it, then you won't get it. However, if you buy that vehicle, let's say it's a $20,000 vehicle, you know, that's my magic number, because um, it's easier to work with. 20000 is much easier to work with than, say, $41,500. So $20,000 vehicle, and you need to put down 20%. Well, that's $4,000. So you put $4,000 on down on that car, you're going to finance 16000 Well, let's say you're financing that car at, say, 7.5% and you have your $4,000 down payment, well, that's going to leave you $11,000 over to do something else with, which, you know, my suggestion is to save it or or put it in some type of account to make money work for you. And, of course, you know, as we transition the show months from now, we're going to go into investments, but that's a totally separate story. But, if you now have a 7.5% APR on that car for five years and you put down $4,000, but let's say you want to put down another, say, um, $2,000. Well, you could take that $2,000 and you could put it down towards your car, and what will happen is, you will actually buy down your rate by half a point per $1,000 that you put down on it. So now you could be financing your car at 6.5%. Now, these are things that, once again, the dealer doesn't tell you or the finance manager doesn't tell you, but this is something that you should know as a consumer. Only put down the basic amount or the minimum amount for the car and then use the additional money if you want to put it down Use it to buy down your interest rate, okay? So that's a rule to keep in mind. Another interesting question that I had was um, a gentleman said he has $12,000 to use as a down payment, but he also has a $7,000 debt, credit card debt. What do I suggest? Well, simply I suggest paying the $7,000 credit card debt and applying $5,000 towards the negotiated vehicle price as your down payment. And I suggest this because the interest rate on the credit card is normally higher than the interest rate on the vehicle loan. So now you may be looking at 19% on your, on your credit card, but you're looking at 7% on your car loan. Pay off that $7,000. Paying off that $7,000 is going to reduce the amount of debt you have on your credit report, which means... Once that credit report is reassessed again, it's going to give you, it's going to put you in a better credit rating um, to do other things down the road, to buy other things. So I would always pay off the highest debt first or the highest interest rate first and then apply the balance of that money to whatever else you want to do. And in this case, it's buying a vehicle. Now, with the credit card, (laughs) um, another reason that I say pay it off is because. The interest is revolving, okay? It's not a fixed interest rate. It's not a fixed installment interest rate, um, which will lead me to something else. But it's not a fixed installment interest rate, which means that it it tends to flow with market fluctuation. So if the market goes up, then your interest rate can go up on your credit card, and that's something you don't want. And um, the interest rate on a vehicle is simple interest. Okay, Basically, it's your principal plus the amount of interest on that installment loan, and it stays that way. Now, you notice I said installment loan versus revolving credit. Um, revolving credit is the kind, like I said, it, just, it revolves around. Think of a revolver. It goes around, and it does this every month. Simple interest or fixed interest, it stays the same. Your principal is normally the same, and your interest rate is normally the same, over the life of your installment loan, fixed term. Now, in buying a vehicle, be very careful of the rule of 72. Now, a lot of people don't know about this. Get a minute, look it up. Rule of 72, it deals with compound interest. Well, you might be asking yourself, how can I buy a house or buy a car under the rule of 72? Because if your interest rate is not simple, um, then the dealer or the finance manager and this is it, it's not illegal. it can be done. You have to be careful and look out on look out for these type of things yourself because there's really no regulatory agency out there uh, to say what interest rate you shouldn't or should not be charged now on you on well let me let me alter that a little bit on new cars. In most states, your interest rate can't go over 25%. Yes, 25%. That's a quarter of every dollar. That's going to be used as a, finance, a financing amount. It's highway robbery as far as I'm concerned. But on used cars, um, your interest rate can go up as high as, the, as, as high as the lender will give you the money, charge you to use the money. So you could be paying a crazy car note and really getting nowhere on your, on your principal amount. But let me break it down a little bit more. The rule of 72, if you can think of a, a triangle, better yet, let's look at a, recta- a rectangle. And you take a line and you put a diagonal line across the rectangle, okay? It's going to give you two triangles, okay? But here's what happens. If you took a pencil and you line, put straight lines all the way through this, 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 this rectangle, and you start breaking down your interest and your principal, you will see that under the Rule of 72 compounded interest, your, let's say your car payment is $400. Then the first $25 out of that car payment goes, towards, goes to pay your principal. The other 375 goes to pay the interest, even though you have what it looks like on paper is a fixed installment loan for, for 60 months of $400. But what's happening is the beginning half of your notes for the first, I would say, 36 months, most of the money that you pay out of your $400 is going to go towards the interest of the car, and not the principal. Now, this is normally done on um, amortization tables for your, for mortgages, but I've seen it done in car dealers. And this is where the customer is really, really losing out because they don't know or they don't understand the process. So please take a minute, look up the Rule of 72, and make sure you don't get caught with something like that when it comes time for you to finance your next vehicle. Okay. Um, another interesting question: Can you? The person asks, "Can you generally get better financing through a um, um, bank, credit union, or some type of finance company?" Well, I'm a big, a big proponent of credit unions. I believe in credit unions. I believe in the um, in the credit union mission and the credit union movement, and because Credit unions are member based. There are no sh- uh, shareholders in a credit union. They're non profit or not for profit, and um, they can often give you better interest, better terms for your loan than a finance company can or a bank. So I generally prefer using a member based lender like a credit union. Now, In an order of preference, I would make credit union my first choice, a conventional bank my second choice, and then, let's say, a finance company or dealer finance my third choice. Now, however, there are some occasions when the dealer finance can offer you a better rate. Now, if the manufacturer or dealer company, let's say General Motors or GMAC or HMAC, that's Honda Honda Motor or Hyundai Motors, acceptance corporation, Toyota has their own. If they're offering you incentives to finance like 0% APR or, say, some uh, dealer bonus finance or promotional cash, then a dealer finance choice would be my first choice, second choice credit union, third choice a conventional bank. Um, And, of course, manufacturers or those manufacturer financers will do this because it's easier for them to get a car out of the dealership. But of course there are, you know, terms that you have to abide by or qualify for to get that zero percent APR. So it's another thing of just, you know, do your homework and 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 make sure that you're getting the best deal that you can get. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this question but I'm gonna talk about it, answer the question, but next week on the, the show, is called Comprehending the Ambiguities of Credit. You definitely want to tune in and listen to it because we're going to have some interesting stuff to talk about when it comes to credit. But this question was, can my credit rating severely impact the terms of my loan? My answer, significantly. The lender base your ability to pay the requested loan on your past, you know, based on your past repayment obligations. So, for instance, an auto lender, if you've had a car before, the first thing that that finance company is going to look for is your credit report. They're going to look at your credit report, and the next thing they're going to look for is have you had a car. If you had a car before, I could care less what your credit card have done, how you paid them, but the first thing we're going to look at are like issues. So if you have a a a or had an installment loan, they're going to look at the installment loan to see how you paid that loan. If it's for a credit card, then the first thing they're going to look at is a is another credit card to see how you paid that so if let's say for instance, you paid your car loan on time the way it was paid as agreed it's going to benefit you when you go to buy another car, even though your credit card may be to the max, maybe even, you know, over the limit or charged off. They're going to look at the car loan first and then make their assessment. And, of course, the second half to that question was, well, what are some of the things that you could do immediately to improve your credit rating uh, on your credit report? And simply I said, you know, Boot, you know, One of the simplest ways to boost your credit score is to go in and, and pay off or pay up your, 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 your paid off debts if they're not too old or keeping your balances under the limit. And you can see an improvement in your credit rating in 30 to 60 days from paying off smaller balances. Another thing, updating your credit information or updating your personal information. Most people don't take a look at their credit report until they're ready to buy something, okay? You're, you, you're getting ready to buy a car. You're getting ready to buy a house. Now you go and pull your credit report. That's the wrong time to do it. You need to pull your credit report because under the Fair Credit Reporting Act, you can receive, everybody in the U.S. can receive one free copy of their credit report a year, one free copy, There is no excuse for you not to pull your credit report before you, you know, at least three to six months before you're talking about buying a vehicle. It'll give you a chance to knock off those little things and update your information. Um, Another thing you can do to improve your credit rating is contacting your your current creditor and asking them to update your report and, if possible, remove some of the discrepancies. Now, this may sound a little, you know. Hokey, like why would they reduce my, you know, improve my credit rating or why would they improve my report or update my report to show that, you know, things are good because it's a win-win situation. If you're bad and they make you look bad, and they don't care about you, well, nobody else is going to care about you, which is a, it's a cyclical thing because what will happen is now you get pissed and you say, well, you don't care, so I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to pay anything. And it's a, it's, it's, it's a big drawback, and it hurts everybody. So call the lender. See what the lender will do, and chances are they will uh, work with you to actually improve, improve your rating. Okay, as long as you're paying your bill, they'll improve your rating. Um, One thing you may have heard me say something about, and, of course, we're going to talk more about that, the credit, on next week's show, uh, which has a whole show of its own, dedicated show of its own. But I want to talk to you about the federal lemon law. Now, it's a federal statute, federal law, but each state has actually over time – Work with it and amended the law to where it's going to blend in for their state. But as I told you last time, the federal amendment law does not cover used vehicles. Now, there have been some, as uh, a um, matter of fact, the Used Car Dealers Association has been fighting to make sure that this doesn't cover used vehicles, okay? So they want this to be geared towards new cars, and it is, but normally it's an eighteen-month period after you first purchase the car um, that if you have so many issues with the car that have not been solved, then you can, you know, have the have the um, the manufacturer petition them to buy the car back from you, or you know, just they will take the laws because they have to replace the car if they cannot get it fixed. But again, this doesn't apply to used cars, so. If you go in and, you, and, and, you know, know, know the law before you try to enact it, okay? Um, I want to talk to you about a story here just recently of some of the things that you have to be careful of and things that you shouldn't do when you go to buy a car now. And I'm more, more geared towards used vehicles now you have to you do your homework there are some pretty good websites out there kelly blue book or kbb.com uh edmunds that's e d m u n d s.com uh even yahoo autos but you can go and do a do a price comparison of a used car that you see okay now the process is most used cars are bought from the auction, from the dealer auction. Uh, I used to, of course, I used to be a used car dealer as well, so I had license to go and buy from the from the auction. But no two no two used cars are the same, so you can see those two used cars, but the value may be different. Okay, a rule of thumb for mileage usage on a vehicle is. Fifteen to 18,000 miles a year, okay? So if you're looking at a three-year-old vehicle, that car should have between 45,000 and, say, what is that, 51? Yeah, 50, 54,000 miles on it. 45,000 and 54,000 to 54,000 miles on a three-year-old vehicle. Now, mind you, your car becomes a year-old, year-older, not under the calendar year, but under the manufacturer's fiscal year for the cars. So you see the new year models coming out now, September, August and September. Well, if you have a car, for instance, I have an 07. My car is now four years old, even though it was, you know, manufactured in 07. I bought it in 08. And it's now 2010, but the car is now considered four years old. So in that aspect, my car is supposed to have a bit between 60 and um, 71, 72,000 miles on it. So keep that in mind. But each used car is totally different. So you can use those sites I just quoted to actually go and look up trade value, private value, and retail or resale or sale value, okay, your retail value. Pretty much have three values on the car. Listen, when you go do the evaluation, don't, do not, please do not look at the car as being excellent. No cars are excellent unless they're brand new. So when you're doing the valuation of the car, you want to evaluate the car at least top rating of good condition. Um, and it, it, it has parameters in there to show you on the website to show you what's the best rating you can get for this car. Okay? So you want to do that because you can go look at a, let's say for instance, a Jeep, uh, a Jeep Wrangler X model uh, that has, say, it's a 2004 that has, say, 90,000 miles on it. Well, You can look at several makes and models, and you will see as many makes and models, you will see different retail prices for the vehicle. You may even see the same retail price for a vehicle that's, say, 2005, same model vehicle, but it has uh, 100,000 miles on it. It's an 05 versus an 04, but they're both, let's say, $13,000. Well, keep in mind that when you buy a used vehicle, the dealer, the used car dealer, can adjust the price according to what the market will bear. It has nothing to do with new cars anymore, okay? And no two cars cost the same as far as what the dealer has paid for them. And they will tell you all type of things, well, I did this to the car, I did that to the car. I don't care. Remember I told you last time, that you could go and once you buy your car, you could put a lot of amenities on it, but you're only going to get the value of that car when you trade it in? That's true. Well, now you can turn around and you can go and look at that same car, and it's fancy at the dealership. He only paid for that car, what that car was supposed to have on it or that vehicle was supposed to have on it, but he'll turn around and charge you more. The average used car price, you ready for this? Average used car price is elevated by four to five thousand dollars. So if you see a car, even though you know you can afford the payment at that price of a car, always, always negotiate your price at least two to three thousand dollars down. Okay? Now, regardless of your trade vehicle, and of course that's another thing you can do, you can also look up your trade vehicle and uh, get a pretty fair value on that before you ever go to the dealership. That's going to make it worth your while. So you don't want to be caught in an upside-down situation um, just buying your car. Okay? Another thing about used cars, always, always, always get your own mechanic to check out the car. It takes no more because, listen, Uh, Whenever I sold cars, I've checked out the car. The car is good, but I'm not the one buying the car. I already own the car. I'm trying to sell the car. So if a customer came to me and said, well, listen, I want to take it by my mechanic, I don't care. As long as we, if I know you're going to buy this car, we got the deal together, take the car. If something's wrong with the car, I would have told you what was wrong with the car and try to work out out something where we could get it fixed. But I did not, in, in in any case, I wanted you to purchase the vehicle, so take the car to your mechanic. If they have a problem with you taking the car to their mechanic, something must be wrong with the car. Don't buy it. Now, that rule of 72 that I that I was telling you about, it really comes into play when you're looking at used cars. You really have to be careful because a lot of the finance companies are not really reputable entities because... You know, most people that are buying used cars—not you, not my listeners, not the savvy people—but a lot of people that are buying used cars are not necessarily creditworthy. So when you're not creditworthy, the they have to get different type of finances to take care of your deal. And when you do that, you may not get the best financing on the market. And if you do, it may be at a terrible interest rate. Now. Something, something to bear in mind, you can refinance a vehicle as long as it has enough value. And remember I was telling you those sites to go to, you can go and look at those sites and see what type of value that car needs to have in order for the bank or another entity to refinance it. But let's say you need a car now. You go and get your car, interest rate may not be great, but if you put that deal together really properly, Um, you can turn around and now go and get that car refinanced. And, of course, in the book, I tell you about that. I, I break down different elements of the whole car buying process, and it teaches you several different things that will save you thousands of dollars in buying your car and make you a better and wiser shopper. So remember Get your book, How to Legally Steal Your Next Vehicle and Save Thousands. Again, it will be the best $15 you've spent, and you can turn around and save that money when you buy that vehicle. And you can use the book over and over and over again because the car buying process is timeless. It does not change. Uh, It it, it may alter just a fraction of a hair, but pretty much the concept is still the same still be 20% down payment. Uh, you still can buy down your interest rate. But these are things that you may not have known that the dealer won't tell you because if I can sell you an interest rate at, you know, 12% and you, you're you putting down $6,000 on a on an, a $15,000 car, I mean, you're putting down over a third of the amount and you don't know that you can buy down your interest rate, I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to make sure you pay that interest rate. So these are little things that that you need to know. Um, if you're listening, feel free to give us a call. Uh, it's Erico three four seven six three seven one zero zero eight. I'd love to hear from you. take some of your questions live on the air, and um, you know get them answered, so you will know before you go. And of course, again, I'm going to post this on our Facebook page. Of course, it will be on the Legally Steals show at Blog Talk Radio, um, and we're going to post it on our blog. Another feature that we're bringing in is the live stream feature, which should be up and running in the next couple of weeks, uh, where we will have, for those of you who want to actually see me, you'll be able to see my, you know, lovely face as I'm doing the show and in, instead of just listening on Blog Talk Radio uh, to the show, but definitely would love for you to call in, as um, as well as you know send us an email the show at legallysteal.info, and we can take that information. Um, also, you can you can hit us up on the blog and discuss your issues if you like. I'll you know I pay attention to the blog every day, and we'll be more than happy to discuss some issues with you and that's uh, uh, legallysteal.blogspot.com, legallysteal.blogspot.com. I want to make sure that I'm telling you the the right thing because my web designer just put the blog up this week and want to make sure that it's coming out to you right. It is right www.legallysteal.blogspot.com. Of course, we're at facebook.com slash the Legally Show, um, and our website, legallysteal.info. So these are things that, you know, we want to stay in touch. We want you to stay in touch and so we can find out what's going on in your world and give you information and advice that you need um, to make wise decisions, wise purchases so you're not losing a ton of money. Um, I had another scenario that I wanted to talk to you about as far as the used cars are concerned. And this is a point that this is, this is one of those points of contention that really, really burned me when it comes to buying a car. Now, let me change this. Not just used cars, new cars really gets to me because we as, we as consumers do something that I have a big problem with, and we do it every time we buy something because it's hard for us to separate our emotions. We buy things mentally, and once we have our mind locked in on something, nothing is going to change it. Now, why does that bother me? Why am I so perturbed about somebody just being locked in on buying something and they're buying with their emotions? When they do that, they get in trouble normally, okay? And let's say even though you can handle the car payment, that's not what bothers me. What bothers me is you may overlook something, something that I'm telling you to do, you overlook it, and now you pay the price. If you're going to buy a vehicle, there is no need for, for any type of agitation or, or resistance. Remember, this is simply negotiations. You sit and you negotiate the price of your vehicle. Negotiate all the items that come along with your vehicle. This is your vehicle that you're going to own for, as I stated last time, people are owning cars longer, nine, ten years. So make sure that you negotiate everything in that car, in that deal, that you need. Don't rush into anything, okay? Never give a dealer more than what they ask for. Because remember, they're using everything that they gather to combat you as the buyer. So make sure that you don't give out too much information. Okay? Second thing, if it doesn't smell right, it's not right. Have the car checked out. Negotiate, negotiate, negotiate. Negotiate you a warranty on the car. You can negotiate everything that has to do with the car. Because if the dealer doesn't sell the car You can't buy the car, or if you don't buy the car, the dealer can't sell the car. Nobody makes any money at the dealership. So they're willing to go with you, okay, to work with you to get you the best deal. Never go in and buy on their first offer. Remember, it's their offer. Negotiations involve making a counter offer, so you can get the best price. Now, remember... It's not always about price. Of course, you know, in these economic times, it's about saving as much money as you can, but it's not always about price. It's about other things, okay? You may negotiate in a new set of tires. You may negotiate in an oil change um, for the next year. You may negotiate added features that you can have put on the car or added to the car or anything. Everything is negotiable. Always negotiate warranties. Always negotiate warranties down to 50% of the quoted value. Okay? If you can't get down to 50% of the amount they quoted to, you get very close to it. Because the bottom line is they're making money on the warranties. They don't sell. They sell the warranties, but they don't issue the warranties. The warranties come from warranty companies. And basically what they tell the dealer is, hey, you sell these warranties for us, you sell them at the price we want, and you can make the difference. I mean, I used to put prices on my warranty. If the warranty cost me, let's say, $400, I'd put $900 on it because I expected the customer to come in and negotiate it. So if they negotiated me down to $600, I still made, you know, 200 bucks on the warranty, but at least the customer negotiated. You never know the full price of the vehicle or anything, But you have to have, use your reference points to start negotiating to get you the best deal that you can find. Another thing that really burns me do not mention your trade until you have a fixed price on the vehicle. And I say fixed price, a fixed negotiated price for the vehicle. Then you mention your trade. Because, and the reason I say this is because you're going to make it a little difficult for yourself. Um, If you go in, you mention your trade first, and then you start negotiating the price of their vehicle, well, the first thing they're going to do is negotiate the price of your vehicle. So if I negotiate mine down, then I want to negotiate your vehicle down. Don't mention your trade until you are ready to actually close the deal. Now, here's my trade, and the only thing that's going to happen is they're going to have to trade for your vehicle, the value of it, because you've already done your research, and now they will deduct that from the amount minus, you know, they'll, they'll do their taxes, but they will deduct that amount, and then you can move forward with that. So you've got to be careful on certain things at the dealership that you don't want to give up too much of. Um, again, I quoted to you, never purchase, Oh, as far as back to the warranty, you can always get a warranty after uh, directly from the warranty company or you can go back to the dealer and get a warranty. You don't necessarily have to pay full price for it or have to buy it at that time because everything that you buy at that time go, goes into your monthly payment. And you may say, well, you know, at least I don't have to come out of pocket with it. Well, you're also financing it for the, for the life of the car. And when you want to be, you know, wise about your money, you don't want to put that kind of money into a vehicle because you may be paying a high payment for your vehicle, but just because you've negotiated a lot of stuff in there that you're paying for, that you're not going to get value for when you trade it. They're not going to give you value for your warranty when you trade your car, although your warranty will transfer to the new owner, most likely, but they're not going to give you a value for it, okay? The other thing, do not take your car to the vehicle, I'm sorry, do not take your car to the dealer filthy. If you're going to trade it, clean it up. Clean it up. The dealer will give you a better value if your vehicle looks like they don't have to do anything to it, but put it out on the lot and sell it. It's a benefit for you, it gives you, puts more money in your pocket, and it makes you uh, look really interesting to the dealer, like you're really here to do a deal, okay? Um, remember, you got to be at the dealership three to five hours. That's just standard time. Have all your paperwork together. If you have a title, have your title with you. Have registration, have your registration with you. These are the things that, that you need to have in order to trade that vehicle. So it's little things like that that really, 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 really gets to me. And it will get to you, too, once you start understanding the process. Um, before I go into the last little segment of the show and talking about you know, the upcoming shows, never, never, never buy credit life or accidental death policies from the dealer. Never do that. They will offer them and they will offer it in a very friendly way, but as soon as you do that, remember, it's only going to pay once. It's not going to pay twice. So if you get one from your, from your car insurance, um, it's only going to pay once. They're not going to pay you twice for the same policy. So you can only die once, and you can only have one accidental death. You're not going to have two or three, and we're not going to pay you for two or three accidental deaths. So those are the little things that you need to keep in mind. Of course, the book. Get the book, get the book, get the book. Those of you who are listening to Legally Steal, listen to the Legally Steal show on Blog Talk Radio, there's an icon of the book there. You can pick it up there. It goes straight to Amazon. I think it's even on sale at Amazon now, but it's definitely worth getting. Um, and it'll help you out in the long run. So you want to get your book. Uh, the other thing is um, spread the word. I want to thank you for tuning in, listening to the show, of course, you know, sharing it with with your friends and family. We want to keep the show going. I want you to keep calling, keep, you know, sending me your questions, keep listening to the show that tells me you're interested, and it makes me want to come back the next week and put on another good show for you. Uh, So I really do appreciate you coming in or tuning in and listening to what I have to say uh, that way, I don't feel like I'm just talking to myself when people actually listen. But I really want you, you know, I don't want to have to get down and beg, but, you know, don't force me to either. But call in. Call in. I'll be sending this thing out during the week. I want you to call in. I want you to get, you know, be involved in the process and just let me hear. Let me hear some of your horror stories or some of your success stories after getting the book and going buying your vehicle. I'd love to know what's going on. Okay, as I said, Next week we have, I interjected a show, and it's, it's comprehending the ambiguities of credit. We're going to really dig deep into credit and, and, and let you see why the credit score is really not as big of a monster as we take it. It's, if you know how to manipulate it and make it work to your advantage, it'll be a win-win situation for you. So we're going to talk about that. Um, and then the subsequent shows, we're going to have, you know, the back end of the deal, where we're going to start tying in a lot of what we've been talking about to make it actually worthwhile. I want to have some examples laid out for you, so you know, make sure when you listen to the Legally Steal show, have your pen nearby, create a pad, have a pad by, call it the Legally Steal show, and we're going to get some advice out to you, advice that you can use, really. Use to save yourself thousands of dollars, because as I put out, my job is to give you the knowledge and skills so you can legally steal your next purchase. Um, and then after that, what I want to do is I want to concentrate on the next, not the next show. Hopefully the next show would be nice if I could, but I'm going to contact another expert in the credit industry. I know the credit industry inside out, but I want you to get another take as the listeners. Get another take on credit from another industry professional, so you can see exactly what I'm talking about, tie it in together, and see how it can work for you. I also, I approached a car dealer this week, um, their sales manager, about doing a call-in, but after he heard the title of the book, How to Legally Steal Your Next Vehicle and Save Thousands, he wasn't too enthusiastic about calling in, so Needless to say, our show is about four minutes till it ends, but you have not heard a call in from the from the sales manager. I told him I wasn't gonna beat him up that bad, but I just wanted him to give his take and, and and he could you know use it as a promotional point to talk about his dealership. At least that's the least I could do if he's calling in is let him talk about his dealership and go down and, you know, do some business with him, give him a chance, but he decided not to. So next week I'm going to contact a couple of um, credit counseling or either some credit attorneys, see if we can have somebody do a call in so the listeners so you guys can hear uh, the take from an individual or company that has the the best interests of you in mind as well as getting your credit together. So remember, my goal here is to keep you informed where you make wise buying decisions whether it has a, you know, if you're buying a car, you're buying a home, any big-ticket item that may have an installment loan or a revolving loan, that's what my goal is to do, is to make sure that you are saving money at every turn. Um, a couple more things before we wrap this up. Um, again, if you, you know, jot it down, the show at legallysteel.info, you can send us emails, you know, 24-7, and we can see if we can get your questions on the air. And, of course, preferably I'd rather you call in, but if you don't, definitely send me that question. Or you can go on the blog spot, legallysteel.blogspot.com, and we can talk about issues um, back and forth we do blogging, which is a big, big, hot item. We can blog and blog all day. So, keep yourselves tuned in. Um, if you miss the show, no problem. You will get a chance to hear it through the week. And keep doing what you're doing. I really do appreciate it. Uh, you're showing support, which gives me the drive to come back and continue to do this. And of course, get your book, get your book, get your book. All right, it's been real, it's been fun, uh, as usual. I enjoy spreading knowledge, knowledge that you can use to save yourselves money. And I look forward to talking to you next week. Same time, same place, beautiful Tampa. I guess I'll be here next week. I mean, be in town. But if I am, and I will be, it doesn't matter. I'll take my computer with me. I'll have a show for you anywhere in the world, as long as I have an Internet connection. But same time, 2 o'clock on Saturdays, tune in. If you're about to go and buy a car, tune into the show. You can yeah, believe me, it'll be the best hour you listen to before you go into the dealership. All right, we're in to save you money and once again we're giving you the knowledge and skills to legally steal your next purchase. That's a wrap for SC this week and I look forward to seeing you next week. All right, goodbye.